The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. I feel like I'm talking myself more and more into this Mets first five bet here for their opening day. Uh, it is an early game. Uh, it's a one o'clock start there in New York. So it's like a 10 a.m. body clock game for the Diamondbacks. Um, it is one of just a couple of day games on the schedule twins and red Sox will also play the home opener for boston and uh that one is starting at um no i think the mets are starting at mets are starting at one red Sox are starting at two i think eastern time if that makes sense and then uh the rest of the games are all night games so you do have a couple of day games mets home opener red Sox home opener at fenway uh man I think I'm talking myself into a Mets first five bet here uh, for them in their home opener. Anyway, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We got the NBA play-in tournament resuming here on Friday. Hawks-Cavs in the first game. That's the Eastern Conference eighth seed game. The winner of that game will go to Miami to take on the Heat. And then in the Western Conference, Pelicans and the Clippers from L.A. with the winner going to Phoenix to take on the Suns. The uh, Hawks are a favorite on the road at minus two. The Clippers are favored at home at minus four. What the Hawks spread is telling me, and I think it's accurate, because if this game was in Atlanta, you'd probably make the Hawks five, yeah, five, five and a half point favorites. And, like, what's home court worth in the playoffs? Especially in the one-and-done play-in situation, I actually think home court's worth a lot. Maybe two, three points in the NBA. So, we're saying that on a neutral floor, this game is as maybe a pick'em. Maybe the, uh, no, not a pick'em. This, this game would be Hawks minus... Five or no, yeah. Atlanta's minus two on the road, which means they would be minus four, possibly neutral, minus six at home. I, I think it's kind of accurate because I would make that spread. I mean, the Hawks just played against the Hornets, and they were a five and a half point favorite in that game in Atlanta. I actually think the Hornets are better than the Cavaliers. 
certainly down the stretch. And a lot of it has to do with the absence of Jared Allen, who is going to try and give it a go here against the Atlanta Hawks. Does his presence make a difference in that game? I think that's the question you got to ask yourself. Ultimately, I don't. I think Atlanta wins this game. They have the best player on the floor in Trey Young. And that's who I'm backing here in this game. And in the second game, I think the spread matters. I don't think the spread matters in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to win and they'll cover the two. I think the spread matters between the Pelicans and the Clippers because part of me wants to take the points of the Pelicans. I think the Clippers win. But I think it's going to be a close game that comes down to the final possession. And if this thing gets higher than four, I might absolutely jump in on the Pelicans. You know, I might consider a money line parlay, Hawks and Clippers on the money line, but I also just might feel more comfortable taking the points of the Pelicans. C.J. McCollum's impressed me so much. I think he has just elevated this team to a whole nother level. And Brandon Ingram's been playing great. This is a this is a good team. This is a fun team. It's it's just hard for me to bet against the Clippers in this setting because they've been here before. They've been in playoff games. They've been in elimination games. Uh, Paul George is starting to get more and more comfortable being back now for for a good amount of time. Defensively, I think they're capable of limiting what the Pelicans do great offensively. And I think they have a coaching edge. So I do think the Clippers win. The spread is just what concerns me because I think this one comes down to the wire. I really do. And the four might come into play. Anything higher, I think you like the Pelicans. Anything lower, I think you like the Clippers. That would be my lean. As for the first round, which gets underway this weekend, the Mavericks Jazz is too much of an overreaction. First off, the Mavericks haven't ruled out Luka just yet. But they he should absolutely not play in game one. I think it would be a mistake for Luka to play in game one. That being said, you take the Mavericks plus the points now, and Luka does play, maybe, <laughs> maybe a steal one there. But I think even without him, and this is an eight-point overreaction. Because Dallas opened up as a three-point favorite. If there's one game, and we see this all the time in the NBA, where teams without their superstar step up. They rally around each other. They usually perform well for at least one game. And I think if there was a game to back Dallas, without Luka, it's in this game one. Taking the five points at home. Or if this thing gets any higher, it's like an auto fire. As far as them for the series, I don't know. I still think there's value there. Just because of how much the odds have shifted and the possibility of Luka coming back. You see, this has to be the message from Jason Kidd. 
just get a split of these first two games. Now, I know it sounds crazy to say that about a team that has home court advantage. Usually, you say that about a team that's on the road, right? We just want to earn a split on the road because then you steal home court advantage. So by losing a game at home, by having a split, you're forfeiting home court advantage. But without Luka, what the market's saying is that you're going to drop the first two games. I don't believe that to be the case. I think the message for Jason Kidd has to be, let's win game one, and then we're playing with house money in game two. And then I would bring Luka back for game three on the road. Game three is not until next week. I think it's next Thursday. So he's got extra time now to rest if he sits out these first two games. I would not rush him back into these first two games. So let's say Luka doesn't play. The Mavericks steal a game. Spencer Dinwiddie steps up. You know, someone comes through. Jalen Brunson, they get a victory. And now it's 1-1 going to Utah. With Luka playing, you can absolutely earn a split in Utah. And then you turn a seven-game series into a three-game series. And guess what? Two of those three games are in Dallas on your home floor. So you regain home court advantage. All you got to do is just be tied 2-2 coming back to Dallas for game five. And I think it's doable if Luka plays in games three and four. I would sit him out until then. There's no reason for him to play in games one and two. Timberwolves, Grizzlies, I love Memphis in game one. I really do. I think there's, you know, the the way that Minnesota got so emotional and celebrated there after winning the play-in game. Game one's going to be the opportunity for Memphis to steamroll them. And then in game two, maybe Minnesota resets or whatnot, but I think this is a short series. I think this is a this could be a sweep. Five games, maybe at the most, but I don't see Minnesota winning twice. Philly and Toronto is just so darn intriguing. I love Toronto in that series. It's obviously the games in Toronto without Matisse Thibel are going to be the ones that you want to pay attention to. How does the Sixers rotation and how does their defense suffer? But I think that Toronto's good enough to get a split on the road here, steal home court advantage, win the two games in Toronto, and go back to Philly up three games to one. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Where they lose game five in Philly, and then they win game six in Toronto and win the game, win the series in six games. Nuggets Warriors, with or without Steph Curry, they're going to roll through Denver. This is where the Warriors, and I hate to say flip the switch, but the second season starts now, and I think they roll over Denver. I think it's going to be a five-game series. Six at the most, but I think it's going to be a five-game series. Uh, Nets and Celtics, boy, this one's got seven written all over it, right? This is the most intriguing series in this playoffs. And is the value now on Brooklyn at plus money? The Nets are a four-point dog in game one. I'm torn. What I'm not torn about is the Bucs are going to sweep the Bulls. So, there's, they're going to sweep the Bulls. They've won, what is it, 16 of their last 17 against Chicago, and the only loss was the last game of the regular season last year where absolutely no one played for Milwaukee. In fact, Giannis has not lost a game to the Chicago Bulls since 2017. It's a long time ago. Uh, coming up next, uh, we will be joined by Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. We'll continue the NBA playoff conversation. Might get a thought on baseball and the NFL as well. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. For more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now, we're going to talk a little NBA playoff action is Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. You follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. That's S-C-H-W-A-B. And Frank, we'll start in the uh, first round of the NBA playoffs. Which series is the most intriguing opening round series in your opinion? Oh, I think it has to be Celtics. Now, first round series we've ever seen. I mean, for... For as great as the NBA is, we know that, I mean, the first round's usually pretty predictable. The the higher seeds usually win. But we haven't seen a seven seed like the Nets very often. I mean, this is, we know that this team is is far better than its record. And on the other side, the Celtics have been just fantastic. For basically, since January 29th, when, when just their season flipped on a dime, they've been the best team in basketball. So this, I mean, this could have been an Eastern Conference Finals. It wouldn't have been a shock. But here we are in the first round. 
I, I think easily this, uh, th- th- it's it's not even a close second on, on which is the most intriguing of these series. Do you think this goes seven? It could, it could. I don't, I, I, I just have this, you know, I, I saw the Nets at a plus price and I thought, how can you turn down the Nets actually, you know, with a plus, but the more I've looked into the Celtics and just how well they're playing and how deep they've been, and how many guys are playing at an elite level, if it doesn't go seven, it's because Celtics closes out in six. Mm-hmm. I think that they're just playing at that high of a level that now that I've gotten more a little more deep into to what the Celtics have been doing and how elite they've been defensively, especially, you see that this team deserved to be favored in this series. And and you know what? They're they're gonna give everybody a handful in the East and they might go on and win this thing. I mean, they're they're that good. Analytics loves them, advanced stats love them. It's probably going to go seven just because they're two really, really good teams. But I think the Celtics, if anybody's going to close out early, it'd be Celts. Toronto and Philly, I think, is really intriguing. I I took Toronto in the series at plus 150. Uh, How do you see this one playing out between these two? Yeah, same. I, I think there's a value here. I Look, for for as great as them beating Harden are, maybe they're just going to turn it on in the playoffs and, and get on a real roll. They never were dominant. This team was okay. They were good, but not great. And, you know, I mean, we've everybody's talked by this time ad nauseum about uh, Thibault and not being able to play up in Toronto. And that's a big deal. He's a, he's a great defender for them. So, you know, in a close series like this, that can make a big difference. I think Toronto, really, really well coached, really deep. And, and they present a lot of problems for the Sixers, especially James Harden defensively. I, they... They really can get after you because they're versatile. They're long. They're gonna. They're really gonna lock up Philly. And I think there's gonna be a lot of low-scoring games coming. And the one X factor is Embiid. If, if Embiid just goes off and you know he has one of those series where he scores 35 a game or whatever, yeah, then obviously 76ers can advance. But I'm with you. I think Toronto's the right side here with the price. I think that that this should be closer to a pick them than, than Toronto getting that kind of juice because they, they really, really played well late in the season. They're a good, well-coached team. I know Luka obviously is the most important player for the Mavericks, but do you think there's a little bit of an overreaction in the market to him being out here with this Jazz Mavericks series? I mean, we've already seen game one, the line move eight points because of Luka. Yeah, I, it's a little crazy to me to think that the Jazz, who started off as underdogs in this series, they were they were minus 105 when I started writing up the, their preview on Monday morning, and they're in minus 300. Now. Yeah. You just don't see a shift like that very often. And it's almost like a, it's just an autoplay on the Mavs at this point, just because, look, the Mavericks played some good basketball. They they were, and I Luke is great. Like, he's phenomenal, but it wasn't all him. And Utah is very lukewarm all season. They, they just... Never seemed to find what they had last year when they were the number one seed in the West. You know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, he had his issues late in games. And I just don't know that I just don't know what's missing with Utah, but they're not the type of team that just should be walking in as a minus three hundred favorite against somebody. So I, the path is obviously easier for them. I think Utah's gonna win this series, but at the price is just screaming value on the Mavs. And we don't know for sure Luca's not gonna play. We I mean he's not gonna play game one, obviously, but if, if Dallas can steal a couple games, have home court, if they can just be in the series and Luka comes back, well, all of a sudden that kind of changes the math, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the game plan has to be just earn yourself a split of the first two games because then absolutely, you yeah. go to Utah and if Luka plays, just get a split there. And then all of a sudden it's a three-game series and two of those games are in Dallas. 
So that's yeah, all I, was I think they need to do. the same. Just mm-hmm. just come back to Dallas at two two, and you're just and, fine because at that point, uh-huh. Luca should be at the very least close to return. Yes, and I love them in game one with the points because I think if there's one game that the players will get up to rally yes. without Luca, it is going to be in game one. Um, I thought if the Clippers won the play-in game that they would present some challenges for the Grizzlies. Now that it's the Timberwolves, I find it hard to see Memphis losing two games. I don't even think they're going to lose one game, but I think this is just a a matchup that plays into every strength that Memphis has. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you there. I'd love to take the underdog here, but I just can't talk myself into it. I just can't. I can't get myself to the point where I think the Timberwolves can win four games, maybe a couple, just because there is a possibility of Edwards and Towns just going nuts. Uh, you know, a game here, game there. You can really, you can steal a game, but to win four, I don't see it. I've, you know, this this Memphis team has been one of those I've been you know, betting on fairly regularly. There's a lot of people have during a season. It doesn't matter who's out for them. It just, they just keep rolling to wins. And I kept thinking, this team's a year away. Maybe next year they can really contend. But now I'm to the point of, why not this year? Why can't they win the West, they upset the Suns or something like that? They really took it to the Suns in a game a couple of weeks ago in Memphis. And no, I, so I can't see them losing to the Timberwolves. I, I think they're closer to stealing a Western title than they are to losing in the first round. <laughs> I would agree with that. Uh, Steph Curry's status still up in the air uh, with or without him. Uh, what do you think happens between the Warriors and the Nuggets? Yeah, I, I just kind of repeating the same thing. I'd love to talk myself into the Nuggets, but that supporting cast is just, I, how can they beat Golden State four times? It, I And I'm assuming Curry's going to be back at some point in this series. Maybe not. And that does change the math. Jokic is great. I, I mean, he is, anybody out there who's like, oh, he shouldn't be the MVP or whatever. I mean, that's just nonsense. Like, I don't mind a vote for Giannis or Embiid, but to, to tear down Jokic in any way is just silly. I mean, he is as good as advertised he's, he's just phenomenal and maybe he can carry them to the win in this series but i just think i think golden state's experience matters here i think you know I, yeah they won't have curry but they do have clay <laughs> they still got somebody to shoot the lights out so i just have a hard time believing the nuggets who are basically Jokic and nobody else not and uh, you know what other team would be able to win without jamal murray and michael porter jr mm-hmm. you know i mean they lost mm-hmm. their second third best players and Jokic still carried them to a six seed. I just don't. I just can't see them taking the series, though. For, let's let's finish with the play-in games here. The uh, eighth seed battle: Hawks, Cavaliers in the East, and the Pelicans, Clippers in the West. Which of those teams, if they were to win and earn the eighth seed, can steal a couple of games against either the Miami Heat or Phoenix Suns? I think the Clippers or Hawks could. I, I really do. I think the the Clippers played pretty well other than the fourth quarter after Paul George got, came back. They're not your typical eight seed because I mean, they barely snuck into the tournament because, uh, you know, I mean, Paul George was out for a really, really long time. But when he's back, they're they're a pretty good basketball team. They, they wouldn't have been in the play-in tournament if he was healthy all year. So I think that they have the ability to – to make life difficult uh, on the Suns for a game or two at least. And then, you know, the Hawks are one of those teams that, you know, the Heat's not going to run away from you, really. They're not that kind of a team that's just going to blow you out. And I just can't shake 
the image of the Hawks last year, that great playoff run they had. Where did that team go? What happened to that team this season? And maybe it's just falsely thinking that, that they could still flip a switch and, and turn it on. But I, the talent is still there. They saw Trey. So I think either either the Hawks or the Clippers would be one of those teams that could uh, not really push for an upset in the first round necessarily. But, yeah, maybe take a game or two. Frank, do me a favor. Hang on with me for another segment. I want to get into some Major League Baseball, maybe a thought or two on the draft. He is Frank Schwab. You follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. That's S-C-H-W-A-B. I'm Scott Seidner. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll get into Major League Baseball coming up next. Plus, while I have you, Frank, I want to ask about the NFL draft. We are just a couple of weeks away from the first uh, round of the draft taking place right here in Las Vegas, and the odds uh, seem to be changing every single day when it comes to uh, more information being leaked and uh, just more mock drafts, I guess, coming out here and there. More with Frank Schwab coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Once again, you can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. You hit Frank up at Yahoo Schwab. We'll get into Major League Baseball and the NFL draft right here on the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. competition for cash with the Northman Clash on the Ice Challenge. Join two free-to-play pools and compete for your share of $10,000 in total cash prizes with your hockey predictions. Head to DraftKings.com slash The Northman now to join the action. The Northman in theaters April 22nd. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You could uh, tweet at me at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, rejoining me now is uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. You follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. We talked about the um, NBA playoffs, but I want to get into Major League Baseball here with you, Frank. and. Look, Clayton Kershaw, seven perfect innings. I'm not going to have the debate with you about whether or not he should have been taken out of the game. I can make arguments on both sides. But what I did think was fascinating was, and our good buddy um, uh, Jason Weingarten had tweeted this out, that Kershaw's odds to win the Cy Young were 100 to 1, then 50 to 1, and now he's like 16 or 17 to 1, after just one start, is that a little bit too much of an overreaction to seven perfect innings? Correction, but I kind of get it. I, you know, now that he's healthy, used his slider a ton and, and got, I mean, I think the Twins were like 0 for 16 against the slider or something like that. I mean, just something insane. They couldn't hit it. That if he's going to be that sharp and he can stay, it's, the whole deal is health. If Clayton Kershaw pitches a full season and gets anywhere near 178, 180 innings, 
then you know he you know he's going to put up the numbers he's on a marquee team and he's a brand name it's not like we're trying to make an argument for joe musgrove as cy young it's clayton kershaw he's a hall of famer so all those things work in his favor i think the only thing that the only reason he was 101 was we didn't really know how healthy he was after he sure. had forearm issues late last season I, I mean if he was healthy, if he came out last year healthy he probably would have been about 16 to 1. I mean, so i i think the market it almost has corrected a little bit to say yeah clayton's healthy looks good obviously pitched great yesterday and now let's see, you know, I, we're not going to give away Cy Young uh, tickets at 100 to 1 anymore after seeing that. So <laughs> I think it's more, it, 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 was a, it was a huge, huge drop, but it's almost like it was it was the correct number once now that we've seen Kershaw healthy and pitching well. What's been your biggest takeaway from the early part of the season so far? Just, and I mean, this isn't going to stick really, but just that uh, starting pitching has been so up and down. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Brewers fan, I'm born in Milwaukee, and just to see all three of their starters come out to shoot and not pitch well early in games, and that's happening to other you know, other teams too, other great starting pitchers, is almost as made me adjust my handicapping early in the season to say, I'm not even really looking that much at starting pitching matchups because these guys are going three, four innings. You just, you're not getting any length out of them. Some of them are really struggling from the short spring. So I didn't really take in enough of account into the short spring and how that was going to affect pitching around a league. I don't think that's going to necessarily last for more than another week or two here as guys get ramped up. But I think that it's uh, it's something I didn't take enough of into account. And, you know, there's a, it's small sample size stuff. We got like the Rockies and the A's, uh, you know, above 500 looking good. I mean, my biggest play uh, future-wise was on the Oakland A's under. So <laughs> I'm not exactly thrilled with this start. But, you know, I think these things balance out over time. I would agree with you there. Uh, a little too early to tell the effects of the humidors in, in all 30 ballparks. I mean, unders yeah, have – unders have led the way so far yeah there was a story about what the the 14 team uh parlay hitting with all unders mm -hmm. and i mean that was kind of telling to what's going on and i think that's legit i think that the scoring will be down a little bit i mean i think this uh, that's something we could take away from it to say you know i mean once especially once pitchers get really really in, in you know normal what they would be on a normal opening day with a normal spring i think you're gonna see pitchers Pretty much, you know, get back to dominating low-scoring games. I don't think, you know, oddsmakers aren't going to give away these unders forever. So uh, they'll adjust, and and we'll see what <laughs> if the you know the, the trend continues. But yes, I think the humidors do matter, and it, we've seen it already. While I have you, let me get a thought on the NFL draft. Are you buying the movement of Trayvon Walker? for the number one overall selection, as uh, the odds have certainly indicated that he is uh, a potential top overall pick. Yeah, they've really shifted. I don't buy it. I really don't. I still think it's Hutchinson just because he's he's safe. He's good. It's not a reach. I mean, Walker was a, is a very good player, but I, I don't I don't necessarily. He has a higher upside, I think, but he's not as safe. Not as as high of a floor. And I think Jaguars just need to hit somebody. They just. They need to get a good, solid, professional defensive end in there who's going to be around for the next 10, 10 years, played a high pro bowl level probably. He might not ever be a defensive player of the year type of guy, but he's a really, really good football player. So we'll see. I mean, you know, hey, maybe the Jaguars are shooting big and saying we think Walker just has the higher upside here, and, and that's what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Hutchinson. I just think he's – He's too good of a prospect to pass up. And I'll tell you this. I think if, if they go Walker or anybody else, 
I think the Lions would have their pick in, uh, you know, before their the, Roger Goodell's even done announcing the Jaguars pick. I think that I think the Lions would be running their card up to the table to get Hutchinson because I think they would absolutely positively love that pick. The Detroit Lions are on the clock. The pick is in. <laughs> yes, they would not. Yeah, I, there would be no thought process there whatsoever. Have you finalized uh, your uh, first quarterback taken? Is it going to be Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett? I really don't know. I mean, it's really tough to tell just because I'm not impressed with either guy. It's not like, I mean, I, I do like them both in certain ways. I think they're, they're, they could be good, solid starters down the road, but neither is a plug-and-play starter. And so, like, you look at a team like Seattle, who, are they really going to draft a, a Malik Willis and start him day one? I, mm. I think that'd be crazy, but who knows? Uh, what are they going to do, start Drew Locke? So, I don't know. I, I think... It's just, I really don't know. I haven't settled on which one. I think it's really, really fascinating. I think you can make an argument for both. I think Willis is a little further away, but that's okay for a team that doesn't need a day one starter. That, hey, just, we'll, we'll give you a year. We'll trade Lance for you. And, and you, you know, you can you can basically sit and learn and figure out the NFL, and, and we'll be, you could be really good down the road. Uh, whereas Pickett, I think, anyway, would be a, a more ready-made guy if that's what teams are looking for. So it almost is handicapping which team is going to draft a quarterback first, and then you look at really what they look for in a quarterback and what they need. Frank, appreciate the time and the conversation, and uh, good luck as we get closer and closer to the draft right here in Vegas just a couple of weeks away. Absolutely, I appreciate it. He's Frank Schwab. You check him out at Yahoo Sports, at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter. Great stuff there. Uh, covering the NFL and the sports betting landscape. And look, when it comes to the draft and who's going to go number one, I think there's been a lot of talk about Trayvon Walker, who right now is at plus 350 compared to Aiden Hutchinson's minus 250. Aiden Hutchinson is the favorite to be the second overall pick. And I, I think that, Maybe there's a play to be made here on Trayvon Walker uh, because you don't hear this much noise about a player. Now, it could all be smoke and mirrors, right? I mean, that's what the draft is, right? But it just feels like we're hearing so much about this one player that makes me believe or makes me think that he's going number one because it should have been like a foregone conclusion, just like it was a foregone conclusion that it was Evan Neal going number one. And then we had the conversation, oh, well, if it's going to be an offensive tackle, why not Iki Iquonu? Why not take a flyer on him? And then Aiden Hutchinson just became the guy, right? It's always been Aiden Hutchinson. The same conversation that we had about Evan Neal versus Iki Iquonu, isn't it the same conversation we could have about Aiden Hutchinson versus Trayvon Walker? Like, if they're looking at the position, if they're looking at the skill set, isn't it just a matter of which they like more? And taking a guy at plus 350 rather than minus 250? Doesn't it seem like the smart play where he's probably a little more live to go number one than what the odds indicate? Like, I've had or I've seen 
some mocks where he goes number one. But then again, it's Aiden Hutchinson. He's the one that everyone's been talking about. Part of me just wants to root for chaos. Watch the Jaguars trade out of this pick. They're not going to. But I think the draft is going to get really interesting when it comes to the 5-7 pick. The Giants have 5-7, and seven, and the Panthers are kind of sandwiched in between them at 6, and we know that they are going to take a quarterback. So does a quarterback-needy team trade for that fifth overall pick from the Giants to take a quarterback ahead of the Carolina Panthers? I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, is going to give his draft analysis. Beeson host Mike Pritchard, who was a first-round pick, and Sean King, Super Bowl-winning champ, will give you insight that you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, taking a look at the Major League Baseball board here for Friday, and I am really talking myself into the Mets here uh, as the play of the day. Um, Now, they're heavily favored for a reason. Diamondbacks offense has been... The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Slumping. Uh, This season, they have scored a total of, let's see, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They've scored 16 runs. In their six games. Um, Bats just aren't doing it. I also wonder. Not that the weather is going to be anything for this game. Right? Let's see. The weather forecast for 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Is going to be. Sunny and 64. So. 
There's nothing there. I'm not worried about the weather. But it is interesting that this is the first game for Arizona not in, and it's going to be pretty much ideal temperatures. But you know what I'm trying to say. They were in spring training in Arizona where it was hot and beautiful. And then they played the first six games of their season indoors in their home ballpark. And now they play an outdoor game at City Field. But it's going to be a beautiful day in New York. So not worried about any weather factors there. Um, I just think they have the pitching advantage. Zach Davies is a guy who got roughed up last year with the Cubs. And was eh in his first outing with the Diamondbacks. Two runs on four hits in five innings. He walked three, struck out two against the Padres. Meanwhile, Chris Bassett was fantastic for the Mets. And this is a guy who is now shouldering the load with, uh, you know, Max Scherzer was, you know, missed the start just at the beginning of the year, but Jacob DeGrom's out for a little bit a little bit of while. So Bassett is going to have to be that next guy, and I think the Mets are almost feeding off of each other. Scherzer with a good start. Tyler McGill now back-to-back great starts. And Chris Bassett, who threw six shutout innings against the Nationals while striking out eight batters in his first outing, I am going to back him to follow this up. Um, I'm not going to lay minus 220 for the game. The run line is probably the play here. I hate run lines with home teams. You're not guaranteed the ninth inning. So... It could be a one-run game. That's all I care about. They get the win. you know. And if it's tied going into the bottom of the ninth, well, it just takes one run. If you go to extras you know, you, and you just need the one run, you, you bunt the ghost runner across, you get a sack fly, and it's one run. So I don't like laying the run and a half with the home team. But I would lay the run line in the first five innings. First five innings for the Mets, what I'm looking at right now, is going to be too expensive on the first half money line. It's minus 215. First half run line is hovering right around minus 150. Minus 150, minus 154. That is uh, minus a half a run. So they got to have a lead after five innings, which I think they will. I think Bassett's going to hold this Diamondbacks lineup down. Hopefully they don't score in five innings and the Mets put up two or three and find themselves with a lead after five. So I'm willing to lay a little bit less juice, handicap the first five, but I do think the Mets for the full game are a good play as well. Maybe a parlay piece with somebody like, I don't know, the Red Sox maybe. Red Sox for their home opener as well uh, at Fenway Park against the Minnesota Twins. Joe Ryan, young, live arm, high expectations, but it's Fenway Park. And it's the Red Sox. And they're probably going to hit this kid. Probably going to hit him around. Uh, Nick Pavetta goes. He was not good against the Yankees in his first start. Four runs on four hits. Gave up two home runs. And listen, over 10 could be a look. It's Fenway Park. Uh, I love Fenway overs. So we might be seeing some runs here between the Red Sox and the Twins. Red Sox are minus 125. I do think they'll get the win, though, at home. Bounce back from their, um, you know, uh, well, actually, no, the the Twins, the Red Sox, 
have won two out of three against the Tigers, including a 9-7 win in their last game out. But I do think there'll be a little uh, extra oomph here for the home opener. Elsewhere across Major League Baseball, just games that kind of jumped out to me. I think we're going to get a bounce-back effort from the Phillies, although there's nothing about what I've seen from them the past couple of games that gives me any confidence in their offense. But they got to break out sooner or later, and maybe Pablo Lopez is the breakout candidate. But Zach Eflin pitched really well in his first start, so could bank on him to pitch well again. Miami is the favorite, minus 120. The Yankees are minus 210 in Baltimore. The Orioles are 1-5 to start the year. Normally, I would say with this price, you know, go with go with Baltimore plus money value. It's not like it's it's not Garrett Cole or Luis Severino for the Yankees. It's it's Jordan Montgomery and um, the Yankee bullpen pitched a lot here against the Blue Jays, and they needed to. Aroldis Chapman came into the game here against Toronto and walked the bases loaded in the top of the ninth inning. He had to get pulled for Michael King, who on five pitches was able to get Bichette to kind of softly line out, and LeMayhew was able to double off the runner at first base. So the Yankees escaped with the the win there. Um, The bullpen did pitch a lot, so that does concern me. I would think that if the Yankees had themselves a lead again here, they would go to Chapman as kind of a get-right spot. Ultimately, this bet would just be on the Yankees owning the Baltimore Orioles, especially in Baltimore. And maybe there's a play here on some heavy favorites. Mets minus 220, you know, Yankees minus 210, uh, Blue Jays at home against the A's, Blue Jays minus 200. Dodgers against the Reds. Dodgers minus 245. Tony Gonsolin gets a start against Vladimir Gutierrez. I mean, what a what a what an eighth inning for the Dodgers. Again. And if you had Dodgers run line, I had it. I got lucky. I had it in a parlay. And they were, it was a three-nothing game. You thought you were cruising to a, uh, a run line win. Nope. Reds come back, tie the game. And it goes to the bottom of the eighth tide, and I'm thinking this thing's done. Dodgers scored six runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. Will Smith smacked one out of the ballpark. Probably not the first time you've heard that joke. And um, and the Dodgers win and cover the run line. So, do they carry that offensive momentum now into this next game here against the Reds? Probably. That's why they're heavily favored. Elsewhere on the board, I, I, I just, I don't know. Underdogs that I like, are there any? I like the Rays as an underdog against the White Sox, I'll tell you that much. I like the Tigers as an underdog against the Royals. The Cardinals as an underdog against the Brewers. Cubs as an underdog against the Rockies. Um, And the Mariners as a home underdog, home opener for them against the Astros. So those are the dogs I like. But 
It might sound chalky with the heavy favorites, but I do like those heavy favorites. But the play for me, which I will tweet out at Scott's on air, uh, is probably going to be the Mets in the first five innings laying the minus a half of a run line. Play of the day is 7-1 and one now on the season as we jumped out to three straight wins. We lost on, I think it was, what was it, Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was, and we have just won four in a row, so we're going for five in a row here on Friday and uh, trying to make it 8-1 and one overall for the Major League Baseball play of the day. Always tweeted every single day at Scott's on Air. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.